Hello, good morning, good afternoon, good whatever it is, whatever time it is that you are tuning in. Like always, thank you so much for coming back. And for the new listeners, thank you for being here. Okay, a couple of things. I know, I know, this is not the husband episode. So in the last one, I said we're going to have my husband in. Uh, one of the episodes, which would have been the next one, and I'm not gonna lie, it's been a few weeks. A lot has happened. Like I think when we were gonna film that week, he was sick, and we only have limited hours, guys, not even days where we could film hours. It has to be there on a weekend when he's home and when the baby's already asleep. So there was just a lot going on. Anyways, my point is, it is happening, just not this one. This one's going to be 29 things I've learned so far in honors of turning 29. It was my birthday last week and I'm 29. It's my last year in my 20s. I will say that my views on aging has, they I think they've changed. I Like when you're younger, you're like, want to grow up and you want to be an adult but once I hit like the teens it was always like for me at least I did not want to grow up I was like "Mm, can I just be 16 forever of course you cannot but I would always just be like oh great another year and I think even when you're in your 20s for sure you're like there's no (laughs) there's nothing but downhill from here at least that's what I would hear all the time but I want to say that it's been through my health diagnosis. If you don't know, I'm type 1 diabetic. There's episodes about it too. Go find them um, if you want to know about that. But it's almost like I've made it another year. Not to get dark, but people can die from diabetes. Just so you know, if you don't treat it, there could be complications like in your kidneys, um, heart failure. Like There's a lot of things that can happen. And so... It's almost like, not that I'm celebrating, hey, I didn't die. But it's almost like we you get one more year. You get to experience another year or you got to experience another year of life. And then you, at least I get excited for the next one. Like, I can't wait. And ojalá con el favor de Dios I get another year, you know. So... Anyways, that's kind of like my little thing on aging. I do honestly like celebrate it in a way where I made it. I made that another year. Can't wait for the next one. On God, everything is good and we have a good year and I have a next birthday. And so I celebrated in that way. Now, I think now to having a son, it like puts things in a different perspective. It's like I can't wait till, you know, I get to age and I see him grow and Anyways, so I'd say we just get on with the things. I made a list. So I wrote down all the things that I have learned so far. Disclaimer, this is all my opinion, my ideas, my everything. Um, And this is just what I feel like I have taken from my short life of 29 years. So Let's get on with the list because I feel like it's a long one. Also, if you know, you know, I record these when the baby is sleeping. I keep calling him a baby 
and he's a full-on toddler now. Like, he acts like a toddler. He is, he's a lot. But let's get into our list, shall we? The first one I wrote down, because I feel like I remind myself of this one the most, it's never that deep. Let me explain. I grew up in like a high level 10 stress, anxiety driven household. And it took me moving out to realize that's not how the rest of the world typically is. Well, I don't know. Some may say that anxiety is kind of everywhere nowadays, but I literally grew up in like a level 10 of intensity household. And so it took me moving out to be like, wait, I can have a different pace of life and things are never that serious. So just chill, relax, take a seat. My next one, you can be and like multiple things. How many of us hear it all the time where you have to graduate high school, you have to know what you're going to go into college for, what are your interests, what are your likes, wants? And I, I get it because... It does take time to master a certain skill if you want to be good at it. And I mean, what eventually make money off of it, make a living out of it. So I get where that time crunch comes from. And even like social media, find your niche, you know, stick to one thing. What's your targeted audience? What are you trying to achieve? I've struggled with that in so many areas just because I've never... I've liked like a general thing and I would put myself in a category of like the arts world because I love crafting, I love acting, I used to do it for a long time and I like to paint, I like to make bracelets, I like to decorate, I I like a lot of things in that world but it was always, oh I like to dance, it was always, excuse me. It was always, you got to choose one and run with it. Um, Same thing with like my degree. I started with a business degree. Honestly, just because everybody made it seem, when I say everybody, it's like the people in my life, like my, my parents, my family, my, even like my counselors, my teachers, stuff like that. Like the business degree was kind of like your safe zone. Like you do so much with it. I halfway through was like, this is not for me. Like I'm not enjoying school. I don't want to do anything that I don't enjoy. And so I switched it to psychology because I found a liking to it in one of my abnormal classes that I had to take. And so I learned from that experience that, wait, I can like multiple things. Sorry, I just had the biggest sneeze. I am not sick. I sound sick. The office is very cold and... I had a space heater going, but I did not like the background noise, so I turned it off. But anyways, um, where was I? Oh yeah, so I don't know. I, I, I just quickly learned that I can be interested in a lot of things and maybe like I don't need to make money off of any of those things, at least not yet is the way I've looked at it. You can have like your main job to provide for those hobbies, for those interests. I lost my train of thought with that last one because I had to take a break. I literally got a sneeze attack and yeah, anyways. Um, let's go to the third one. 
things are not as bad as my brain tells me. And for this one, it goes kind of hand in hand with like the work I've done with my anxiety and how to not give it as much power, but almost like take a step back and kind of take a look at what your brain is telling you, what your thoughts are telling you. And in hindsight, once you see it through, they're never as bad as you thought they would be. The four, Are we on the fourth one? I don't even know. Uh, fourth one, maybe? One, two, three, four. Truly what matters is the journey. Life experiences, memories, family. I, again, and this is like all my experience. Some of you may like listen to this list and just be like, oh yeah, I'm like, duh. But truly, I just had other ideas. And this has been a recent thing too, where you kind of get the things that you've always wanted and then it's like, okay, now what? And so it's been a journey for me that now I'm just seeing things in a way where I'm finding that true, meaningful purpose and want in things. So I'm not just, okay, once I get this, I'll be happy or I'll be complete or whatever. It's just really about enjoying your day-to-day. Whatever you've got going on, whatever you're going through, it's about that. It's about the memories you'll take with you. I said this in another episode where I was like, the way I think about like how I'm going to do things or if I need to decide on something, it's like I think about myself and like my deathbed when I'm 85, 87. And I'm just like, okay, would I look back at this and would it even matter? Or would I have wanted to do this? Or would I regret something? And that's kind of how I go about like the things I want to invest my time and the things I want to experience and do with my life. Um, I know you've heard this where it's like we don't have one life. We have every day. And so it's just focusing on how I'm going to use that every day because that every day makes up your life. Um, don't be ashamed. That's the fifth one. Don't be ashamed to the... Don't be ashamed. Sorry, I got a message. Couldn't read. Okay. Don't be ashamed of the past as it is what and who it made you. Um, This one. I'm going to refer back to my therapy because a lot on this list because I've done a lot of growth through therapy and I'm a big believer in therapy and this one for me just truly means that you know the things that you might have done that you're not proud of when you're in your younger years is you truly have to use those younger years to kind of fuck up and you know, see what worked and what didn't and what you learned from that. Even if at the time, while you're going through those fuck-ups or mistakes or whatever, you may not realize maybe that they're lessons or that they helped you in any way. So for me, it was a lot of just not truly like labeling myself. Like I'll give you an example so I make my point. Like if, you know, I was ever mean to somebody or whatever, I look at it in the way, okay, like what was the reason for that? What purpose did that serve for me at the time? What did I learn from it? And it's also just a natural maturity level that you just gain 
with age. But truly, just looking back at that, it's like, well, I was hurting maybe when I was, you know, being mean to somebody else and, you know, somebody else was mean to me. And so that gave me the permission that I felt I needed to do it, you know, be mean back and whatnot. So I've just learned to not hold a lot of that stuff with me. And I understood where it's coming from because of that experience. I know what it meant and what it did in my life at that time where, okay, I learned from it. I've grown from it. And we're always, you know, learning and evolving. Um, The next one, I'm not even going to count them anymore. Just trust me that they're 29 for my 29 years of life. (laughs) Communication skills, I believe are a superpower. And not so much in a sense of like, if you know how to talk to people, you're golden, but it also kind of helps other people understand where you're coming from. Let me explain. I think, again, back to therapy, I've learned communication skills through my therapy because I've learned how to digest maybe what's going through my head and how I want to word it. But understanding other people's communication um, style, I think is a game changer. I've said this in, in the last, or I I think I said this in the marriage episode that will come. I'm not even going to say that it will be uploaded next week because what if it doesn't happen, (laughs) but it's coming. And I said something along the lines of, if you just know the other person's like communication skills, you can learn how to give the information you need to. My husband, for example, if you throw too many details at him or too many little things in between what I'm trying to get across, I'm going to lose him. He's going to lose interest and he's just waiting for me to get to the point. So understanding how to do that when I know I got to get from point A to point B with him has just been a game changer because we understand each other and we're on the same page. And because I've seen how it's helped not just in my marriage, but just in general, how I talk to people, how I try to make my point across, whatever it may be, I have just found that it's, it makes life a lot more simple, in my opinion. Like, it's just, we get it. If we don't, we don't. And we move on. Uh, Next one. It's okay not to be liked by everyone. I'm tying this one back to, like, my younger years. And I think we can a lot of us at least relate in the sense of when we're in school, school is brutal, like high school, especially. It's like this like social war battlefield situation. And it's almost, especially I think now with social media, I could not even imagine being in school like right now. Yes, there was social media when I was in high school. I'm not that old, (laughs) but the way it is now I just I can't I couldn't like it's all about the likes how many followers like we've attached so much value on our individual selves with all these things and like same thing in high school you know if you're the popular kid how many friends do you have um if you you know go out and you socialize that was very much kind of like the experience I had and it almost, I, I feel like I kind of went into it naturally. And then I felt like I had to maintain it, especially after high school. 
But then the world slaps you in the face and tells you, oh, silly girl, the world is not high school. This is not even close to what the world actually truly is and what you're actually gonna experience. And so I had to just kind of let go of like, listen, it's exhausting to try and have everyone like you. It's never gonna happen. It never happened for me even in high school. So I don't know why I was so caught up in like, the more people that like you, like the better you'd feel about yourself almost. And I've just gotten to the point where, you know, I am myself. I keep a closer circle for sure. And the people that like me, like me. And I'm kind to everybody until you cross me. Then I'm not so kind. But I really, truly do try to just be all kind and understanding. You know, you never know what anybody's going through. And if people like me, they like me truly. And if they don't, they just don't. And I move on because you're not, it's impossible to have everybody like you. Like, it's just, it's not, it's not going to happen. Okay, next one. Letting go of people that do nothing but hold you, I wanted to say like hold you back, or they just keep you in that negative world, game changer. It does wonders to how you're even going to drive your life and what direction you're going to take it. This one was a recent one for me too. I have not been afraid to really just cut off communication and that could either be communication via social media, communication by text, whatever that communication looked like prior. I am not afraid to cut people off anymore. I think it goes back to like, you know, having like so many people that like you and having them in your circle. That's a lot to deal with. That's a lot to work with. I don't have the time and nor I didn't, I didn't want to, I didn't want to do that anymore. So I have just cut off people that just in a way made me feel like I was going backwards in emotionally, how I would think about myself or question the things I would do. So that for me meant to delete certain people on social media, um, my phone, or he's simply just not even talking to certain people anymore. And the way it just kind of slowly shifted the way I think about the things I want to do or how I even feel about myself was actually surprising and how quick it happened too. Because for me, it happened in the sense of social media. I'm no longer seeing certain things on social media from this person. I'm no longer seeing their comments I'm not seeing you know their messages or whatever and that has just been almost like liberating like (sighs) a fresh start if you will next one um it's not my job to make people see my point of view or accept me this I feel like also is kind of similar to that not everybody will like me Uh, but to bring it into a more specific point it's almost like if I try to make a point across, I'll use my parents because we are, I mean, we grew up completely different, completely, not just even the times, just the way we grew up was completely different, completely country, different countries. So there's a lot to that. And 
it's not my job, and I accept this now, to have them have to understand me. Like, see where I'm coming from. I made my point. You take it or leave it. But I don't hold that weight anymore of, oh, they just don't get it. Or this and that. Why didn't they respond the way I wanted them to? I just kind of let it be. I, I did my half. This is how I describe relationships, friendships, all of it. There's a, a, a line, right? And each one of you give your half to meet to that line. I met my line. If the other party does not want to come to the line, that's not my job. I I just don't have the time. <laughs> Next one. I won't control everything. So what you do about that matters. I think this one life really had to give me like multiple slaps in the face, punches, kicks for me to be like, okay, I really am not controlling shit at this point. So I had to shift back to, okay, this has happened. It is what it is. What am I going to do about it? That gave the sense of control back. And there's just something about the accepting of it that helps you move on. Okay, this is what happened. Didn't work out the way. I did not want this. But let's shift. What are we doing about it? And it's just been a lot... Not that it gets easier to deal with some of the things that happen to you that are actually like traumatic in your life, but it does give you an easier, maybe like step for you to move in that direction of I'm accepting it. I'm okay. Let's figure out how to move from it and let's keep going. I think that one's been one of my most learned and honestly, one of my favorite ones so far. But yeah, anyways, next one. Show your emotions, true self, and the right people will appreciate that. See, now that I'm like reading through my list, I'm just thinking like, I have like a trending pattern here, just like about being your true self, not forcing yourself on anybody, whoever does not like you, bye-bye. But I think this one, I've done a lot of reflecting because I'm a mom now. And I want to implement certain things that I felt like now that I'm an adult, I see that we're missing for me. And I've always been very like animated, over the top, even silly at times. And I feel like a lot of it gets shut down. And you tell me if this happened to you as well, because especially in the Latino community, I feel like you're going to relate or understand at least what I'm trying to say. But a lot of that stuff is like, oh, stop being dramatic. Oh, stop, you know, being this. So there was a lot of stop being this and that, which to me is stop being yourself, stop being like this. So now that I have my son and he does things, you know, he's like, oh, he's so cute. And he's like a one-year-old. And the way he looks at the world is just like so fascinating. And I just, I let it be. I let it be. I want him to truly, truly fill in those shoes that he's meant to be whatever he's meant to be and so as an adult I do that now obviously I do that with the people around me I am who I am and it's easier to find people that like you for that because they're gonna stick around when you are being your true self and you know you're showing them this is the package you either like it or you don't next one 
be proud of your interests and likes even when others don't get it. This one hand in hand with the last one because, <clears throat> excuse me, because I feel like I liked so many, I feel like this is now turning into like therapy about my childhood because I'm going back to my childhood <laughs> and things that I did not like. But I was told a lot of the times that, you know, the things I liked, like music, dancing, those were not real things. And it came from a place of, we got to survive. Going back to being Latino and whatnot, you are taught to, you got to work hard for the things you want. And being in that art world was never viewed by my family as a way of eventually maybe even making money off of it because you you come from a survival point of view like we gotta put food on the table we gotta work we gotta make rent we gotta make money and so I was told a lot from a very young age you know those things are silly especially when I started to get older and it was actually time to be like what am I going to do with my life? It was like, well, you're not going to do that because that will make you money. Go find a job at, I don't know, an office, a bank, do something like that. And so as an adult now, I've just come to learn, like, just be proud of your interests because at some point I was kind of embarrassed to say, oh yeah, I don't know, I'm into acting. Or, oh yeah, my free time, I take improv class and dance class. I was kind of ashamed to say that. I was like, is somebody going to judge me or are they going to oh silly girl? Like there was a lot of that. And so life is too short to care. I'm going to enjoy what I enjoy and I'm going to be proud of it. Next one. Asking for help does not take away from my abilities. Therapy. Therapy taught me this. I have a perfectionist personality. I tend to want to control everything. I don't let go of things easily. Easily, I don't give some of the weight to others because of my controlling habits. And I had to dig like, why do I do that? Where is that coming from? And it came from a place of, I felt like if I'm asking for help, two things. One, I'm not going to get the help naturally because in a way, I'm telling somebody to help me, and I did not like that. And two, it was almost giving up the power of, oh, I couldn't do this. I need help. And when I started to ask for help, and I mean, this started like with little things, like help around the house, help with bringing stuff in, like physical help, whatever it was. But then once I got comfortable with that, it was a lot more of, you know what, I have a lot on my plate, I need, like for example, my husband, I need you to take on this and this, uh, you take the baby and you take him to the appointment or whatever it is and then I'm going to do this because it was like I didn't want to give up some of those things and I want to do some of those things but it comes to a point where I get overwhelmed I'm not the best me for myself and now for my kid. And so I just 
I've, I've learned that it's actually kind of empowering to be and even have a support system that can help you. Okay. Yep. I can take on those things or even like help you prepare of, you know, I can help with this and that, but maybe I won't be able to do that has been like the opposite effect I thought it would have. Like I'm actually not losing any power of anything. I can do whatever I needed to get done, but it simply just comes down to time. We sometimes don't have time. I have a full-time job and asking for help is important because how you show up for your family is important. Okay, this next one, I feel like I just learned it like a year ago. I I think it's a natural thing for us to want to avoid hurt, avoid like I think it's a natural way of our our body protecting us, our brain protecting us. But to get through tough times, you have to go through it. And I mean through it. Like think about that tough time being a tunnel, a dark, scary ass tunnel. There's no way around it. There's a mountain on top. The only way through it is through the tunnel. And you just have to do it. And in that tunnel, you're going to have to address what's inside the tunnel. And I feel like actually allowing myself to feel the the hurts, the disappointment, the the sadness. That those are the things in the tunnel that you have to sometimes confront. But it it's almost like a way of telling your body and your excuse me, your brain, "Hey, I hear you. Ouch. This fucking sucks." but we're going to get through it. And there's almost like a way of your brain like, okay, she got the point. We get it. We were sad. You like literally get it out of your system. There's a lot that I've learned through my therapist and just like things I've read, how certain like emotional things can actually present themselves like physically. And they can be as little as like, you know, your head hurts because you're stressed out so much but they can even become bigger things and so I think when I understood that point it almost made it easier like okay I have to do this the only way through is is through so feel it accept it don't linger on it too much right we don't want to make the tunnel longer find that light at the end of the tunnel and focus on getting there but you you have to just, you have to get through the tunnel. I'm sorry, you have to feel like shit to get through it. Next one, there's no finish line to get to. It's all unknown and a journey. This one, I feel like I've always felt like, oh, once I get to that top of the hill, I'm going to feel X, Y, and Z, and I'm going to be X, Y, and Z, and that's when I know that's the end goal there's how do I say this there's just no way to get to any time there you can have goals right you can have goals and once you achieve those goals then it's like oh cool I did it what else can I get into because when you get there it's like now what and so I had to learn and again for some of you this might already be apparent and you're like Duh, life is all about the journey. But I truly did think that if I got to a certain point in life, then I was going to be happy. I was going to be content. I was going to be 
whatever it was. And then once some of that happens, it's just like, wait, for what? Now what? Like, let's say, yeah, metaphorically, I'm on top of that hill. But it's like, well, now what? Do I come back down? Do I find another hill to climb? Like, what What? What are we doing? And that kind of pulled me back to just be like, I don't have to have like a finish line that I have to get to. And then I can start to be happy. And then I can start to feel content. And then I can start to feel like I've done something. I'm still working on this because I still very much have that like mental finish line. But I have to tell myself, the little accomplishments matter. Like the little things that you do throughout your day matter. Because it's the little things that make up the big things. And so I've completely just crossed off that line. Again, I have goals that I want to foresee in my life. But they're more of a general broader thing. And not so much once I have like specific things. I'm going to finally be happy. I'm going to finally be able to live this kind of life and feel this way because those things actually don't give you any of that those accomplishments that sense of fulfillment and happiness come from within as cheesy as that sounds I just you know they just come from within nothing else on the outside world material nothing tangible like that is really going to give you that feeling so cross off your finish lines or your hills and just enjoy the path you can't change people is my next one um kind of hand in hand with you know if you make your point across you you just can't force anybody to understand you or react a certain way it's the same thing and and this one actually happened when I had my son I I I had a vision of the people I want around him the the family dynamic I want around him and I'm going to give him the family dynamic with in like the household but I'm talking about like the rest of the family like what I want for him and how I want people to act around him and those kinds of things I've just kind of like started to highlight the things that were missing naturally I do that my brain just naturally goes to the negatives or the harder stuff to dissect (laughs) but I had to just shift it and go to the positive things that my family does bring to the table, my friends, my community, and not so much of like all the negative stuff because I can't change people. I, but there's also a place to know if I can't change people, am I willing to not change yourself, but almost be accepting of that in a way that won't, interfere maybe with like who you are and the kind of life you want and I'm talking about extremes like if you have a partnership with somebody and not saying hey you got to change somebody because if you are with them there's something about them you liked but in a sense of I don't like a lot of their those more like deeper things like their values or their core beliefs of certain things, like if that starts to clash with some of your more like core beliefs and stuff, then that's also a place where 
you say, I can't change people, but also I don't want to be here. And so you change your environment, if that makes sense. Let me take a sip of my of my tea because it's kind of cold in here. I Again, I had the heater and it feels so good, but I do not want you guys to hear that in the background. And I'm starting to get a little like runny nose because it's so cold. I need to get curtains in the office because I feel like that's going to help. But yes, I... I live in winter wonderland, and so it gets cold. Anyways, uh, where was I? Yeah, you can't change people, so don't stress out and remove yourself if you have to. Let's continue. Learn to truly listen to others to understand and not respond. I'm still working on this one. My is a type A personality. Um, or red personality I think if you're in the corporate world you'll understand like the color stuff or even if you're not in the corporate world right I don't know is that a thing but in my job we take these personality tests um, kind of for fun but also to kind of know the people that you work with and how to again better communicate accordingly but I'm a very like red direct type of personality I have a lot to say all the time, hence why I wanted to have a podcast. <laughs> I like to talk. I like to get my ideas and my thoughts out. But also just learning to listen to actually understand somebody and not have a response ready. I, I think I just kind of did this by accident one time <laughs> where I was like, wait, the conversation was like it. It was a lot better. It was deeper. It felt meaningful and it flowed a lot easier. And so just listen to somebody, ask questions. I feel like I have to remind myself to ask questions because sometimes I may come across as like I'm selfish and I'm like, okay, now on to me. But it's not that. It's just I get so eager of sharing similar things maybe that somebody goes through. And kind of giving my, like, I just want to fix everything. Or here's what helped me. Or here's what I did. Or here's what I think. And it's nice to just take it easy. Slow down. Ask questions. And then that person's going to have, you know, the conversation also. I don't know. It's just, You just bounce it back and forth a lot better, in my opinion. But, yeah. Um, giving myself grace is not a sign of defeat or failure this is also a recent lesson that I learned after becoming a mom I think especially after you become a mom there's a, a pressure that society puts on us mothers on you have to be your best all the time you have to be a good mom you have to be the perfect mom you have to be the perfect wife you have to have your house tidy you have to have dinner you have to have everything organized you have to have activities for your kids you have to have play dates you have to have, like there's so many things that you have to do and i feel like at the beginning of it, it like before you become a parent it's so easy like you know the people are like oh my kid will never eat that or they'll never watch that Similar to that idea is, oh, I'm going to do all the things. I'm going to have meal preps. I'm going to have cute little lunches. I'm going to have... But then we forget that we live through life, real life. 
not saying that mothers out there don't do that because I'm sure there's super powered women out there <laughs> that can get everything done in the list. For my situation and my lifestyle and the things I've got going right now, it's unrealistic. So I was really hard on myself at the beginning of motherhood. I'm, I still am. I still am. But I was really hard on myself for some things that may not even be that detrimental for the growth of my child or whatever. And I had to take a step back and just, again, therapy. I love my therapist. She's the best. But it was like, I didn't get done through half the list, okay? Give myself grace. The podcast, I get so hard on myself because I say I'm going to post every week and then I feel bad. And then some of you sometimes ask, where's the next episode? And I love that. I love that so much. And I love that you guys send questions when I ask, like on my Instagram, I ask for, you know, what do you guys want me to ask my husband? And I got some questions and I have them saved. I will do it. But Sometimes I just, I can't get to it because a podcast requires a quiet environment. The, my, my son is crazy. He's a wild child. His play is throwing, climbing, jumping, screaming, chasing the dog. I just can't do it until he's either taking a nap or it's late at night. And late at night, I have to, you know, I have to have a tidy space for me to, have an organized calm mind if I wake up to chaos my day will be chaos is just how I work so prioritizing how I tidy the house before bed is important so I have a good day the next day so there's a limited time where I can't actually record it and I always say just try harder do better but I I've learned to give myself grace it does not take away it doesn't mean I'm a failure or I almost wanted to create an episode called I failed or named I failed because I haven't recorded the rest of the podcast with my husband I was gonna go live I've got some plans that I want for baby Nava right now and I'm gonna do it but the time I don't have time I'm a mother first and foremost before anything else even before my corporate paying job like I'm a mother And on top of that, yes, I have my job that I also have to obviously perform and keep. And so I've just learned to give myself grace and say, hey, you had a lot on your plate today, which also sometimes makes me feel overwhelmed and then I don't want to do anything else. But you washed the dishes or you loaded the dishwasher, you vacuumed the rug, good enough. It was hard and you did one thing. Or you did a couple of things, whatever that looks like. And that has helped almost reset the mood. Sometimes even in the day, I can turn my day around. But it helps me reset, like, let's try tomorrow. You did all these things great today. Let's look at the list again tomorrow. Because you truly do feel a different way the next day. But yeah, that was the lesson motherhood taught me. And even if you're not a parent, giving yourself grace is so important. And it doesn't mean that you're lazy, you can't figure it out, you're a failure, none of that. Just give yourself some time to shake it off, get back up, keep going. 
you won't be good at, at it on the first try. This one, I my perfectionist personality makes me believe that I can just go into it and I'm going to be perfect at everything. That's not going to happen. <laughs> That's not going to happen. And I've, I've learned the hard way and a lot of the times that I try to do something and I'm not good at it. Uh, the most recent one, I'll post a video on Instagram because I recorded it thinking I was going to be successful because hello perfectionist I've got this I did not <laughs> I I saw so I'm still trying to put some art in the new house and for the office I wanted to be showcase me a little bit like the fun pop art minimalist like unique pieces style it's very hard to find something unique that stands out that's not a million dollars. And that's exactly what I found. I found this this balloon, like a regular balloon, but it's made out of clay. And this artist, oh, I can't, I'll, I'll post, I can't, I can't even remember her name or the page, but she is like on the other side of the world. She has these amazing balloon clay pieces that you hang on the wall and it comes with a string so it looks like a freaking balloon but it's made out of clay and it's gorgeous and she posts videos on some of her process I don't have what's it called kin kin the machine thing where you heat it up you know you bake it I don't have that so I bought clay that's air dry the clay is fine. Nothing wrong with the clay. My ability, my tools, my skills, that's what's wrong. First of all, I try to roll out the clay on my countertop. It sticks. I didn't know that. And so I have to find a way where I can roll out the clay without it sticking to the surface. Um, you blow up a regular balloon and then you cover it, right? With that clay that you've rolled out into a very thin layer it was a major fail. It did not work out for me. I did some reading though. And this is where I'm getting to. You are not going to be good at it the first try. This is even the process on how we find things that we like and we get good at it. I will have this balloon because I cannot pay a thousand dollars for this balloon plus shipping from the other side of the world. I've looked in other places too, but like Etsy and stuff and the quality is just not there, like the one I want. Not saying that I'm going to be able to recreate that, but there's still over $500 and it's just a lot. So I thought I can do it. I will do it. I just, I need more practice. I need to find ways that it won't stick and we'll get it. But that's my point. You're not going to be good at it the first try. Give it another try. So don't give up. Keep going you'll get it like you will literally get it whatever you want to do you will get it you just won't get it the first few times but that's okay that's that's the process <laughs> next one be the person you want your kids to be and follow lead by example basically I I was reading like I follow all these like mommy pages or like parenting styles on social media and I read this thing that was like your kids are not going to remember you saying, hey, be kind to others or let's not be rude. They're rather going to remember your actions. You know that saying, monkey see, monkey do. That's pretty much it. Like your kids 
are gonna, they, they can tell if you talk bad about people. They're gonna tell and they're gonna remember if you were mean to so-and-so or whatever it is. That's, they're learning from you by what you're doing. So I want to do things in a way I think about what do I want my my kids to get out of who I am do I want them to grow up and be like actually let me not do what my mom did or do I want them to want to follow my lead serve as a role model for them and that's how I think about some of the things that I try to do day to day it's not easy easy example your phone I hate being on my phone when I'm with him so I make that decision that conscious decision putting my phone away easier said than done especially I have my glucose levels and alarms and whatnot on my phone so it's not like I'll just leave it downstairs and I won't see it like I actually have to have my phone on me um and so it's just finding little ways to do that because I want to show him that I'm present I care what he's got to show me even if it's a little piece of trash and it's so cool for him I'm gonna tell him that is the coolest piece of trash I've ever seen <laughs> so having those conscious decisions as little as they may be like putting your phone down I think it's a good start and that's something that I've really have been reflecting on because I'm a parent now and I want to make sure that I'm the best I can for my little babies, however many babies they'll have. Patience is another superpower. Same as communication skills. I think having patience, patience with your kids, patience with outcomes, patience with your job, patience with people, patience with your projects. If you don't have patience, sometimes your projects will fall through because you don't follow them through. You won't see it through because you can't wait that long. You don't you know, want to put in the work for it and it's taking too long and you just want that instant gratification. That kind of patience I think is important. What's the next one? Quality time with your partner is essential. I'll touch on this one a little bit because it will be on the marriage episode, but the way you spend your time with your significant other, I think it's important because that's what's building that bond and connection there's a difference if you guys are having, let's say you're talking about the exact same thing, same conversation, but in one scenario, you're both holding your phones. Even if you're glancing at it here and there, that's going to have a different impact on the same exact conversation you've had versus scenario number two, where you're actually looking at each other, you're having that conversation, like that builds that connection and that sense of, we're here. We get it. It's the time and how you spend it, especially as parents. Drink every time I say parents. Every chance you get as a parent of kid-free time, it's it's not a lot. And it's important if you're going to, you know, connect with somebody or whatever that is. And so it has been until recent that the way we spend time with each other it's always been important, but I think now more than ever, because it's limited, it's important. You have to spend quality time with your partner, whatever that looks like for you guys. Okay, next one. I feel like this has gone on forever. We're almost at an hour. Okay. 
No one can label me or tell me what I'm capable of. Only me. I can be the only one to put those limits on myself. Um, back to childhood trauma. <laughs> Just kidding. I actually did have a really good childhood, but I just think that you know same thing now that I'm a mother drink every time I say I'm a mother I just how do I say this I I stop myself sometimes on projecting certain things to my son like I don't ever want him to feel like he can't do something or That's not what he's supposed to be doing. I kind of want him to figure that out by himself. I want him to show me the limits. Prime example. This is also an episode that you can search, but my baby was born with a limb difference. And when we started occupational therapy, first of all, this is a new world for my entire family. We've we never even knew about it and we just didn't know what this meant for us, for him, his abilities. Therapy was there to kind of guide us on maybe helping him reach those milestones, which let me brag a little bit here. We had the evaluation. He's to be exact 17 months and he scored 25 months almost in all the categories. He is measuring way ahead of time. And I'm not talking about like physical. I'm talking about like cognitive, emotional intelligence. I'm going to give myself a pat on the back for that one. We, we do deep breaths to calm our bodies, like all that kind of stuff, but I'm letting him show me if and when he's going to need help and adjustments. Therapy wanted to be like, hey, let's try this Velcro attachment to see if he can grab things. So he's only got, oops, sorry, he's only got one finger in one of his hands. And it, he was like, no, thank you. I don't like adapters. This is how I'm going to do it. And so he's given me the lesson of no one can tell you what you can and cannot do because the things that in my brain, in my world, in my reality that I would have thought maybe he couldn't have done because you need 10 fingers to do it. He's shown me, um, you can do it with six, but it may look different or, oh, it's not that hard. I, I just do it. And so I think that's a lesson that came from him. Don't let anybody tell you what you can and cannot do. You'll figure that out and you will do it yourself. You are the only person that can put your limits in what you truly believe that you can and cannot do. Next one, reflecting on why some things trigger me has helped me either discover that it's not even about me at times. If I latch out to somebody or if I didn't like the way somebody said something or if I don't like the way somebody is living their life like little things like that if I'm like why is that triggering to me where is that coming from having that reflection of okay why why did that piss me off why did her saying that to me about whatever piss me off I think that also helps you get out of that victim mentality or that victim space of like why would she say that to me? That is so rude or that is so mean. Like I would never, but if you reflect and you kind of see where that's coming from, because you don't know unless it's really fucking obvious and they insult you, but sometimes you don't know the way people are coming across to you. You don't know if they meant it in a harsh way. You don't know if they just like meant it 
regular conversation and you perceived it differently and so reflecting on like okay wait a second why did that piss me off why am I not okay with that and then if you figure it out and it's like oh okay that triggered me because x y and z or it could also be the other way no that actually was not okay from their part and then you know what to do there as well oh my phone keeps locking okay my list next one um calm your body first oh speaking of calming your body your mind will feed your crazy things if you let it also therapy but the book i've mentioned this book at this point dr amen you should just sponsor me but the you happier book the it talks about like if you name if you give your mind a name you detach from it and you can almost have like these conversations where your mind is not you. Your every thought that you've been fed by your mind, especially the negative ones, sometimes is just a feeling, part of the environment, part of that moment, and it's not the reality. But our minds are crazy that it literally will make you believe and even create that reality for you. The way you speak into existence will become your life because our brains they're amazing but I also say they're kind of dumb because you have to feed it everything you have to compute everything to make it what it is and so if you're always in that negative headspace negative negative your brain is going to find evidence to confirm that and you are going to just be on the negative all the time so calming your body first the physical things first, your breaths or whatever, help me view things differently. And then almost every single time I'm like, wait, I do not feel like this about that thing anymore. Like it's wild that I was so stressed out or I was so pressed on it. And today or now an hour later, whatever it is, I do not see that in that stand anymore or that is not the way I feel about it anymore that for your decision making skills I think is also a plus like you just have to take a second calm your body and see where your mind takes you see where the thoughts are leading and ask yourself like are they real what is like what what are we doing here next one we're almost done this is gonna be a long episode uh, to love yourself means to accept all parts of you, the good, the bad, the ugly. This is kind of the same thing I was going at the beginning of the list. Who you are is because of your past. But if you accept some of that stuff and you're just like, I learned from it. I am who I am because of it. I think the self-love comes easier that way because you don't have these categories that you're, ugh, I don't like that about me. You can have things that you don't like about yourself, okay? Let's not get it twisted. You can. But if you accept those things and you want to make changes or you say, that period of my life was ugly, but I've learned so many beautiful things from it. I've been, you know, the lessons that came out of it, the the type of person, the resilience I gained, all of that stuff, if you flip it into the positive switch, then the self-love is easier because you're going to be accepting, you understand who you are now, why you are the way that you are, and we're always evolving. So 
nowhere but up nowhere but up from here okay these last three are kind of my favorite and I wanted to end in like a little cute wrap it up kind of way I don't even know what I was trying to say there but some of the all-time lessons that I try to live by all the things that I can just like the big blanket I can cover everything is I can do hard things because I've proven to myself time and time universe this is not I'm not challenging you please don't send me any more things thank you (laughs) but I can do hard things and if and when those things happen we'll get through them Hannah Montana life's what you make it (laughs) Hannah Montana knew what she was talking about Life's what you make it, so make it a good one. I have always had this quote in my head. Like, I almost feel like I need to get it tattooed. Let me know if I should do that. Okay, no, don't let me know. (laughs) But yeah, life's what you make it. So make it a good one. Last one, last but not least. I try to do this every single day, even if it's for a few minutes. There's always time for fun literally there's always time for fun whatever that looks like for you if it's just skipping with your kids to music for five seconds there's always time for fun have the day where you can reflect and say what was the fun thing that we did today that's that's what I do what was the fun thing that we did today or something I say now with my son if we haven't laughed, uh, I'll like be silly with him and we'll just be like, the baby hasn't laughed today and we'll like do something funny or have a little like fun time, funsies times. Have some time to just have fun where you're going to take it to bed and be like, that was fun. Today was hard, but that part was fun. Whatever it looked like, because I, I understand it. I'm realistic. You can't have perfect days all the time. Trust me. <laughs> but it was a shitty day, but that part was fun. Oh, all around today was a lot of fun. Let's see how well we do it tomorrow. Whatever that looks like. That was it for my 29 things. Sorry, I'm going to make noise because I'm going to grab the... Do you remember the jar? The motivational jar? Um, th- That was my 29 things. 29 lessons that I've learned so far. I feel like I want to do this every year. Even if I don't have a podcast next birthday or whatever it is. I want to post like a video or whatever, or even for myself, just make a list of the 30 things I've learned, the 40, whatever it is, because this was fun. I hope it was in a way inspiring or even sparked your brain and your thoughts or an ideas, excuse me, to, I don't know, want to try something or maybe I said something that clicked for you that you want to implement, whatever it is, but ASMR. I have a jar of motivational quotes that actually my job sent me. Um, they sent a lot of cool stuff here and there, and I've had it for a while. But before the baby wakes up, which he's act- actually had such a good nap, but you guys sleep in this household has been chaotic. Like, he's not sleeping. We're all suffering, and it's bad. Okay, let's see. Oh, I ripped the name a little bit. Um, what is his name? Okay, we'll figure it out. This one. Don't be afraid to give up the good and go for great. Ooh, this quote is by Steve Prefonte. I ripped the name and I can't see the rest. But 
there you have it. Don't be afraid to give up the good and go for great. Aw, I like that one. I sometimes keep the ones that I really like and I pin them on my on my board. But like always, I hope this was somewhat fun. I um feel like it was it was organized, right? It was an organized podcast. I hope to be back on the podcast train, but I'm not going to put that out to say next week, next week because I don't want to put that pressure on me when I can't do it because going back to giving myself grace, I don't want to feel like I'm disappointing by not doing the episodes or whatever and not saying like, oh my God, you guys are having a bad day if you don't get my podcast every week. No, but I do get messages and then I feel the pressure. I never want to, again, perfectionist. I, I just, I never want to feel like I'm not doing what I said I was doing, but I hope the next one is with my husband. My sister's coming into town. I have family come into town. Oh, it's going to be such a good week next week. And I don't know if I'll have, maybe I'll have my siblings on. But the thing is, I'm having issues with recording with multiple mics. So who knows if if it will even happen because of the sound. I want it to be perfect. Oh, there's the baby. Perfect timing. But stay tuned for whatever else I'll put out. Again, I my husband has to do the episode. Like, we just have to get it done. Um, it's half recorded. We'll get through it. But, yeah. Thank you, guys. If you're new here, welcome. If you're returning, thank you, like always. We'll see you in the next one. Bye.